You talking down on us, we live it up. How about that? This is the Rich Eisen Show. Can we stop cheating in baseball? Can we please do that? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. In the meantime, Tim Tebow shows up in Jacksonville, Florida. I can't get the Tim Tebow dislike. Earlier on the show, Los Angeles Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford, NBA analyst Greg Anthony. Coming up, Vikings general manager Rick Spielman, plus nine-year NFL veteran Nate Ebner. And now, it's Rich Eisen. (coughs) Our number three of the Rich Eisen show on the air right here on the show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We already had a good chat with Matthew Stafford, now we're number one. How are you over there, Chris Brockman? I'm doing great, Rich. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing great. We got uh, a lot of a lot of news popping. A lot today. of news popping. It was an amazing sports weekend. So fired up to be here on a Monday. Okay, Absolutely. very good. Well, um, we're here uh, on the Rich Eisen show with a lot happening in the world. Nate Ebner of the Giants going to be calling in. Matthew Stafford of the Rams is already called in and calling in right now as the general manager of the Minnesota Vikings. Kind enough to take a. Time out of his Monday uh, is none other than Rick Spielman. How are you, Rick? Thanks. Thanks for having me on. We're actually, I'm sitting in the middle of our combine meeting, getting ready for next year's draft. Is that right? So, <laughs> that, wow. wow, you're already you're already locked in on that, huh, Rick? No kidding. That's uh, that's quite <laughs> something. Well, look, I, I hate to spoil your mood, but I, I just heard that uh, uh, Shannon Sharp plans to call one of your players on his show tomorrow. So um, I hope I don't know if you if you heard any of that conversation to Julio Jones on on today's. Uh, Fox Sports World. Has that cracked no. your world? That is not cracked. No, I... All right. That's what we call a way no, homer. I have not you'll, heard anything. You'll get, you'll get that joke later on when you hang up the phone and you'll find out. You ask your staff what's going on with Julio Jones. You'll find that out. Um, so, uh, let's talk is, about is your Hagen play. Is Hagen doing something? Is Hayden making a trade? No. Is Hagen making a trade with Julio Jones some, I didn't know about? No, I, I have no idea, man. But uh, it is it is um, something that is uh, in the ether right now. I've got an interesting question for you. What is it like uh, to be in the same division building a team as your brother? What's that like, Rick? Well, my brother's got a little different role than I do. Um, but, you know, we still communicate almost every other day more on just uh, brother stuff. Um, you know, we know there's a line between uh, what we do for a living and, and still being my closest friend and uh, being able to talk family and everything else. But it'll be interesting. I know he joined last year. We ended up, our last game was up in Detroit last year, and he was on the sideline for the first time. But I know he's enjoying it up there. I know uh, they've done a good job bringing in uh, Brad Holmes, who I thought did an excellent job in the draft this year as their general manager. And, and Dan's a, a great leader of men. So I think they're going to be better, uh, and they're going to get that program turned around. In terms of your program, uh, what was your goal going into this uh, non-playing season, free agency and draft, and how did you attack it? What are you, what are you pleased with coming out of as we're entering Memorial Day weekend? Rick Spielman. Well, it, it, you know, it, it presented a lot of challenges, uh, and for us, especially with where our cap situation was, uh, and being able to, to get under the cap because the cap went down, uh, but still being able to fill our needs. And we really honed in in free agency uh, this year on the defensive side of the ball uh, to try to build our defense back up. Uh, we were decimated with injuries and just didn't have enough talent on that side of the ball last year. So to go out and sign a Tomlinson and a Xavier Woods and a Patrick Peterson, 
Mackenzie Alexander. We needed to get some veterans on that side of the ball. And, you know, I'm counting uh, Michael Pierce coming that didn't play for us last year, Daniil Hunter. So I think, uh, you know, and then Anthony Barr missed most of the season, uh, tearing his peck, I think, in the second week against Indianapolis. So to get all those guys back, hopefully we'll be a lot better on defense. That was our number one priority. And then filling in some uh, needs that we were able to do in, in the draft, uh, especially up on the offensive line. You know, getting a, a, a Christian Darasaw where we got him in the first round and Davis where we got him in the third round. So hopefully, you know, I think everybody's excited about what they were able to accomplish this offseason, both in free agency and the draft. Uh, I know we started OTAs today, and we got a long way to go till we open up at Cincinnati. Uh, but, but feel pretty good about at least some of the talent that we we're able to uh, bring in and hopefully add to what we currently have. Well, at least you don't have a, a head coach who's probably pushing you every two seconds to upgrade the defense. Hold on. I think I'm being told that you it's probably the exact <laughs> opposite, Rick. <laughs> No, I, yeah, I've heard about it since uh, our last game of the season. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. so it, uh, yeah, and it's still yeah. he's still out there yelling about it. I'm so, sure, <laughs> uh, but that's what makes him a great coach. <laughs> I bet. So uh, let me pull on that uh, salary cap string that you you kind of um, pulled right there, because um, you know as I, I've been saying over and over again here on this show that it's kind of like real estate, the salary cap where. You just assume it's going to go up or knock on wood. Your your entire financial strategy in your own house is based on the fact that your house, if you're fortunate to own one or property or anything, the cost is just going to keep going up. And the cap is similar to that. And this year it goes down. When did you learn that? And and how did that how you know what what plans did you have that were essentially either confirmed or maybe sidetracked a little bit by the number that you got? Rick Spillman. Well, I think it started, uh, if you go back to last year when we did all of our contracts, uh, we didn't know the cap was going to go down. So all the contracts that we put in place were assuming that the cap was going to go up, and we try to say it's going to go up X amount and try to be conservative on that number. And then when it swung down about $30 million the other way mm. on us, uh, we, we had to do a lot <laughs> A lot of tough decisions, business decisions to get underneath the cap, but also Rob Brzezinski did a great job creating enough room and cap space for us to be active in uh, free agency. And I think you've seen, you know, we did a lot of one-year deals. Tomlinson was a big sign for us because uh, I knew going into the draft it wasn't going to be a real strong defensive tackle market this year uh, in the draft. So we really honed in as that being our main signing. Uh, to, to get a guy of that caliber in here along with Michael Pierce, which will definitely help, uh, hopefully help our run game or our run defense, which was very average at best last year. So, But we were able to accomplish everything we wanted to accomplish and, and still get underneath the cap, although it did require us to make a lot of difficult decisions that we had to. Well, and, and plus, you, you know, you're one of the few general managers in the history of the NFL who pays a quarterback similar to a contract of like a starting pitcher in baseball, you know. And so there's the, I guess, the issue or the, the, uh, the construct that you have with Kirk Cousins. And so in that light, uh, the drafting of, of Kellen Mond here, what, what, do you, what do you expect out of this young man from Texas A&M, Rick? You know, we went into this draft, and, um, 
you know, we did not have, we got a couple of young guys currently on our roster, Jake Browning and Nate Stanley, who are, are battling for the backup positions. We don't have a veteran backup quarterback. Um, so we wanted to add another quarterback in this draft uh, to come in and compete. And Kirk Cousins is our quarterback. He's going to be our quarterback for, I know for sure, the next two years. And uh, it was an opportunity to get another young guy at a position that our coaches felt that they could develop. So uh, the biggest thing is we don't know what we have yet, you know, because last year we didn't get to see a Nate Stanley or Jake Browning in preseason. So, or even during these OTAs that we currently are having. So uh, very excited to see uh, one of these three young guys hopefully uh, come up to the top and see which one ends up being our, our backup quarterback. But all three were excited about their potential. Well, what did you like about this kid out of Texas A&M that says, Let, let's use a third yeah, round? Yeah, he home. was, you know, if you watched him, yeah, uh, you know, where he started as a freshman and where he ended up, you just seen him prog- progressively get better. Uh, not only is he a, a very good athlete that has some arm talent, uh, but also can make plays on his feet. And the one thing that really stuck out to us as we went through this process, he just got better and better through the season. I remember the first game I saw was against Florida, and he won a, a very close game down at Texas A&M. And we, I thought, played very well in that game. He goes to North Carolina in the bowl game, beats North Carolina, who had a lot of talent on that roster, a very talented roster with a lot of guys that did get drafted into the NFL. And then you've seen him take another step down at the Senior Bowl. I think ended up being an MVP down at the Senior Bowl. Played very well in the game. And then our uh, Andrew Ginoco, our quarterback coach, went down there and worked him out at Pro Day and had an outstanding Pro Day workout. So the one thing that really stuck out about him is he continues to trend upward where we try to compare these guys at, at any position. Are they trending up and down before they enter into the pre-draft process? And he continued to just check all the boxes and keep trending upward. Rick Spielman here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, I asked this question of your colleague Brett Veach and other general managers who come on, so I'll, I'll throw this one by you. Do you think we'll ever see a time in the NFL where a first-round drafted quarterback is, despite a successful run after being drafted, uh, essentially not given a fifth-year option and allowed to go elsewhere just because you don't, want to give uh, a quarterback a big nine-figure deal that that might actually uh, go with, if you will, and they just you just start again and draft somebody and try and win in your first iteration of a contract. Do you think we'll ever see something like that in the NFL, Rick Spielman? Uh, I don't know that. <laughs> I mean, that's a tough question. It depends on the, uh, the individual and the quarterback. Uh, you know, everybody, I think, would hope that uh, Brett Veach didn't exercise the option on, on Mahomes. Yeah, no, that's him. why I kind of asked him that question, Rick, since he's kind of on the other side of that. But I feel like, you know, you've got you just drafted a quarterback in the third round that you might hope to have a long term future there, if not a longer term future with with your current veteran quarterback as well. That's why I'm kind of wondering if you ever see a. Uh, a team go and draft somebody in the first round and instead of giving them the fifth year option just say you know what we're just not going to continue to keep on down this we'll just start again kind of like college in a way if you uh, I don't, like it that. depends on what comes out every year and that is probably the hardest position to find um to get and how many you know when you go into a season every year and you look at your schedule how many quarterbacks do you actually face that you know 
man, we have to really game plan around this guy or this guy is unique. And there's not a lot of quarterbacks up in that upper tier echelon. I mean, we play against a pretty good one in in our division, who I think is the best in the league. But when you get a quarterback like that and you draft one and he becomes an Aaron Rodgers or becomes a Tom Brady, um, you you know, you hope you're going to keep them because you know if you got a guy of that caliber – uh, that he's he's always going to give you a chance to get to the ultimate goal of winning a Super Bowl. Okay, um, so I'll, I'll ask you the, uh, one last question that I'm sure you're asked by everybody that you know and love and people come across you, and you definitely don't have the answer to it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Rick Spielman. Um, with Justin Fields now coming into the Bears organization and you know Andy Dalton being there, those are two first-year quarterbacks for the Bears there, right? The Lions just got Jared Goff. He's he's in the he's in uh, his first year there. Do you think Kirk Cousins will be the most tenured NFC North quarterback to start a game in the division this year? Yes or no, Rick Spielman? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's a that's a uh, hypothetical question, and it that's is hard for me to to say. Um, what's, you your, know, what's your gut? You, like you, so let me ask you this: Are you getting that question literally everywhere you you go in Minnesota? Do you think uh, Do you uh, think he's going to play? Do you get that question all the time? Yeah, no. If I was on yeah on your side of the profession, I'd give you a professional opinion. What I do for a living, I got to say, I just got to worry about the Minnesota Vikings. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, well done, Rick Spill. You just got you, you got your own house to deal with, right? You got your own. That's the only. All right, very good. But I, it just—it is such a fact. Like everybody's talking about it. Are you you're getting quite asked that question all the time, though? Right, all the time. People asking you that. Yeah, people. Well, yeah. Some people ask me that, and I just tell them the, the exact same answer. Only thing I can worry about is what we have here and how we get better from last year, and and let's see what happens. You got your own purple to deal with. How is Dalvin Cook, Rick? How is he? Uh, he looks pretty good. <laughs> He, uh, you know, just watching him come in last week and, you know, we have uh, mostly all of our players here right now and just watching him run around, uh, you know, I think he's one of the top running backs uh, in the league, not only because of his ability to run, uh, but what he does in a passing game and how explosive of a playmaker he is. But the one thing he doesn't get enough credit for is what he does in pass protection and how smart he is at picking up blitzes. So uh, we're very, very fortunate to have a, a talent like a Dalvin Cook here. And you struck And it. that's what our offense is based off. Sure. It's based off uh, being able to establish the run and then, and then making uh, plays in the passing game off play action. And I think that's why Kirk Cousins had such a great year last year is because of that. Well, is that Justin Jefferson calling you to remind you to talk about him too? Is that who that is on the other, the other end of the line? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. They're listening to down in the locker room right now. You better get through the rest of the roster. Real talk quick. about me too. No, well, you struck it. You struck it rich with him. That's for sure too. You've got you've got a dynamic receiver running back combination. We're not even talking about feeling either in that. So what? what how? prolific and i know that god again uh, a coach who wants to talk about running it and getting it back uh, getting in the end zone taking time off keeping the opposition off the field and getting the defense back there fresh i know that's the method there but just how dynamic do you think this offense can be rick well i think we we have a lot of playmakers on the offensive side of the ball uh you know and we were fortunate enough to get uh 
Justin where we got him in a draft last year. I don't think anyone can predict, you know, on how any of these rookies were going to perform last year because of not having an off season, having to shorten training camp, not having preseason games and he didn't even start the first two games then once he got in the lineup uh he showed what a dynamic playmaker that he can be but having uh having that type of talent uh at the receiver position along with Thielen and excited about which one of these young guys are going to surface up as our as our third receiver but also I think you're going to see Irv Smith really uh, excel this year in this draft and uh, you know with us Having to release Kyle Rudolph, who's now with the New York Giants, uh, to see Irv Smith come into his own, and he made some uh, plays. But I, th- I think we have enough talent and enough playmakers on the offensive side of the ball to give us a chance. And as much as uh, people then talk about our offense, but we were fourth overall in you know offense last year. We were just you know not as good on defense as we have been in the past. So. To get all those guys back on the field, to hopefully have upgraded our offensive line in the off season, and to uh, up the upgrades that we made on the defensive side of the ball, uh, anticipating us uh, being able to uh, hopefully stay healthy and have a successful year. All right, Rick. Uh, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. If you are going back in your combine meetings, know this: I'm going on the Phil Mickelson eating plan. Um, and uh, you know, TB12 <laughs> being a fellow Michigan man, next year I might, I might, I might have to be on your draft board. So just keep an eye on that. For Wasn't next that time. incredible? Yeah, no, if you keep bringing your 40 down, uh, you're etching up from the, the depths of their no great, at least on the backboard of our, our draft board. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> There's things to shoot for. That's all I'm saying. You just tell, you know, tell, tell Zimmer, I, you know, I won't fumble. I'll, I'll, I'll maintain possession. That's all he's looking for. It's just, and maybe we'll get you some points. That's what I'll do. That's all. I, I think you should experience playing corner for Coach Zimmer and his defense. <laughs> no, I've been around Dion long enough. Who, by the way, Dion uh, loves that man. He will. He he he. He's like Zimmer's one of his favorite people. But I think I'll just stay where I am. I think I'm good. Thank you for okay. the call, Brick. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Appreciate again. you having me on. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for doing. That's Rick Spielman, Minnesota Vikings GM. I'll answer the question. I'll answer the question. I don't believe. Um, Kirk Cousins will be the most tenured NFC North quarterback in in the division this year. I can't wait to see what's going on. And, and part of this is I, I want to see how Kenny Maine says his farewell. We know he wrote that piece yeah. for the LA Times yep. where he went through his entire uh, career pretty much in writing. And, you know, he's he, – we had Ian Rappaport on earlier – Ian said, what do you say that he thinks that Aaron Rodgers' appearance tonight for, on Kenny Maine's final sports center will be more comedic than informative? Yeah, more fun. I would, I would, I would take that too. Like, yeah. Kenny's probably come up with some sort of Main Street type of construct for him and Aaron Rodgers probably. to put together. Probably. And the Main Street was a very funny, very funny portion of their pregame show on ESPN. I would bet that to be the case. Do you think Aaron's going to come on tonight and just say, yeah, you know, we're still working on it? I mean, anything he says is going to be Oh, something. people are like, going to be looking for clues and breadcrumbs yeah, you know, not, throughout uh, the segment. What else but, you got? I'm not here to talk about it. What else you got? I mean, or or you're making fun of it might be the way to go. Like where He's not going to be wearing a Broncos t-shirt. I mean, you know what I mean? So... <laughs> <laughs> sort of like no, Julio no Jones hooded sweatshirt for him. Here's what will happen. Yeah, if I if I did have that. Aaron Rodgers' phone number, I would call it right now, see if he answers and not let him know he's on the air and ask him. Goodness gracious. That's one way to do it. I can't believe that happened. That did happen. 
But I don't think Aaron Rodgers is – like tonight, even if he says, you know, we're working on it, yeah, I don't plan to be there for a while, I, anything, anything he says will get worldwide attention, which is, by the way, if he wants to do a solid for Kenny Mayne as he leaves ESPN, that's the way to do it. Pretty big if. So I, I would expect – I kind of – I would expect just a, a comedic yeah, just, construct for him to appear. and fun, just, so right. long to his friend. And Marshawn might be involved in it too. I don't know. Yeah. Kenny knows a lot of people. Or they're coming back together. Package. There you go. Could be. I don't know. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Nate Ebner is the only player in the history of the NFL to play in the Olympics and then win a Super Bowl. It's never happened before. And he's got a book, and he's a fellow member of the tribe. Put it all together, he's a guest on the Rich Eisen Show. That's next. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O-O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests work is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed What is it like where you're back there? You know you're going to get it. Yeah. The eight in the box or nine in the box that you see knows you're going to get it. Yeah. And you know you're going to give it to them. Yeah. And they know you're going to give it to them. (laughs) What is that like for Uh, you? I I just love the game. I love having the ball in my hands and I love making plays. And I don't know. I just, it's just the game, man. Like that feeling... When, you, when everybody knows and they can't stop it, it's just it's an indescribable feeling, man. And that's just speaking for like us as a team. And, you know, I just, 
I just love the game. Yeah, I know you're smiling. You're just smiling as you're saying this. It is just, it must be an amazing feeling to have that ability. Derek Henry here on the Rich Eisen Show. Did you hear what Earl Thomas said before the divisional playoff game in Baltimore, saying that the the Patriots didn't want to tackle you, but they were going to have a different Oh, yeah, I've seen it everywhere. Everybody was sending it to me. Everybody was showing it to me. Yeah, I've seen it everywhere. Okay, so now later on, you're in Baltimore. You get the ball. You're on the edge. Did you know that was Earl Thomas that yes, was coming for definitely you? Knew that was Earl Thomas. Did you give him a second shove because it was Earl Thomas? Yes. <laughs> I was wondering because <laughs> yes. you gave him you gave him one in the front, and you gave him one slightly unnecessary one in the back. But what's so funny about that is I was so focused on giving him another shove that I ran myself out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember the first time he kind of turned around yeah. and I could have turned up Phil, but I was so focused on this, like giving him a show that I ran myself out of bounds. But yeah, but yeah, I definitely did that because of that. So then the last question is, was it worth it to run yourself out of bounds? I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Henry here on the Rich Eisen show. Yes. I thought so too, that you were in the moment like, okay, I remember this. I see who's coming at me. And again, I love Earl Thomas. I think he's going to have a bust in the Hall of Fame one yeah, day. Me too. But, yeah, me too. But everybody's, you're an equal opportunity. Everybody gets some yep. type runner. Exactly. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for the entire Rich Eisen Show archive. At Rich Eisen Show on Facebook, Instagram, as well as our Twitter feed. You can also check us out every single day on Peacock. Those who are watching us on Peacock right now. Uh, already have gone and gotten the app. If you want to watch us on desktop, PeacockTV.com is another way to check us out. Rick Spielman and Matthew Stafford have already called into the show. We'll take your phone calls at 844-204-RICH before we get out of Dodge. Uh, I do believe Kendrick Perkins is going to join us on tomorrow's show to talk about the weekend's actions and tonight's NBA playoffs, but that's tomorrow. Still here on the Rich Eisen Show for here on this busy Monday. We go back to the phone lines right now. And our next guest making his first appearance on this show is somebody who has been in the Olympics, somebody who has won a Super Bowl. There's nobody ever else in the history of the NFL who has done that. And um, he's now an author, A Father's Code and a Son's Path. Uh, A man who's been in the NFL since 2012 is a six-round selection by the New England Patriots. But now with the New York football giants, he is Nate Ebner. How are you, Nate? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Liz. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you right now. What is is going on in your world right now, middle uh, week before Memorial Day, with you getting ready for a 2021 season with the New York Giants? Obviously, the book release has been huge. But, um, yeah, really uh, just out training in uh, Chula Vista, California, just south of San Diego. Um, getting ready to kind of prepare for this last stretch before uh, the Olympic team selection is, is made and uh, just grinding away, honestly. That's just kind of how it goes. So I guess try yeah, to, trying to make the 2020, I guess 2021 Olympic team right. for rugby is keeping you in shape, football shape, I imagine, yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely, right? absolutely. I'm planning on going back to the Giants and everything, you know, squared away there, but uh you know they've given me, they've been they've been amazing in this uh, whole thing for me. Kind of as the Patriots were in 2016, um, they supported me the entire way and, and are backing me in doing this. So that's been extremely helpful and an ease of mind. You know, as I, as I go do this, but uh, yeah, training and, and I'll be in uh, I'll be in great shape for the football season by I, the time this is over with. No for, question for sure. But if everything works out for you, 
uh, where you make the the United States Olympic team for rugby. Um, you'll be over in Tokyo just as training camp opens. And I imagine Joe Judge was part of the staff in 2016 having a front row seat for your uh, opportunity there. And um, that's part of the reason why you're, you've got a coach who's fully on board with you attempting it again. Right, Nate? Yeah, I mean, I think there's some understanding there, right? I mean, he watched everything that went down in, in 2016. And then, you know, I think, Personally, he understands how much that means to me, not only as a kid who grew up playing rugby, but to be able to represent your country, to be able to go to the Olympics once in a lifetime type of stuff there. And he saw what that meant to me. Um, but I think on the other side of it, he saw you know, myself come back into the football season and have a really good season and play really well, and I was, I was really fit. And um, there was no detriment to my game, if you will. I'd say, if anything, it helps me. So... Um, I think with those things and his experience with it, um, you know, it, it makes him understand it this time around. And um, he's always been extremely supportive of me and, and knowing who I am as a rugby player. And, um, you know, that's always going to be part of me. So he's been awesome. Of course, Nate, because, I mean, it, it stands to reason that you'd be a better NFL player after playing at such a high level of rugby. Because when you come back to the NFL, you're wearing pads. You must feel like Superman after that, right? <laughs> I just feel a lot lighter. <laughs> right? I mean, because... All the unnecessary equipment. You know, growing up playing rugby, I'll never get it. But, it, um, you know, it's part of the game. But, um, man, rugby makes you run. It's just, you know, there's a cardiovascular aspect to that game that is just unlike anything else when it comes to the physical sports. Um, you know, so that piece that I have to get myself ready for, you know, football, you run around for six seconds, maybe eight max, and then you rest for 30. So there's, you know, anyone who thinks it's cardiovascular shape in football just hasn't experienced real cardiovascular, you know, strain. So going through this for months and then transitioning to that puts me in a really good place, you know, from, from that physical standpoint. Plus there, there's about two or three rugby moments in a scrum. I imagine that would be unsportsmanlike conduct in the national football league. Right, Nate? Would you agree with that? I don't know, man. I just heard you talking with Derek Henry. I think he'd be just fine in a, in a scrum. But no, <laughs> I, I think uh, it, it's, uh, you know, the scrum's part of it, but in sevens, it's a little more casual. Um, it's one of those speed lightning games. But, yeah, I mean, rugby has its moments. It has its chance. And uh, it's physicality. But at the, at the same time, rugby's very, like, one-on-one. You can't afford to have, you know, 11 guys go tackle the one ball carrier, right? Because they'll just pass it. So you have to be a lot more accurate with your tackling. You have to be a lot better with your defensive shape. You know, you can't just go fly at a guy. So in, in a way, that philosophical view of the game, you know, makes it a little bit safer, a little bit less violent because you have to be so accurate in your tackling. Well, before we get to the, your book, Nate Ebner of the New York Giants, I think you're hitting on something. So, so many people have said, you want to take helmet-to-helmet hits out of football, take the helmets off of guys. So I think you kind of hit on that, but what, uh, what, what do you think of that I don't know. idea, I, Nate? Well, I hear you, but at the same time, you know, we're talking philosophy of the game. I mean, football is a very downhill game. Um, in, a, in a way, you almost need that to protect yourself. A third and one situation with, you know, two backs that I couldn't imagine that fullback lead play without a helmet on. Right. You know what I mean? Um, that would just be crazy to me. There, there are aspects of football that, you know, the, the equipment is there to protect you, and it definitely needs to be there. But there are also aspects of it that give guys this unnecessary, you know, 
safety net almost that they feel they feel overly protected and they, they fly into things. You know, you got to ask, would you would you run into something like that if you didn't have those pads on? And I promise you, they'd say no a lot of the time. So those types of aspects where, you know, those open field tackles where guys are just flying and dropping their head, those types of things, um, I think that's where, in a way, rugby is, has taught me personally um, how to keep my head out of it. But at the same time, I run down on a lot of kickoffs and have to block, you know, protect punt rushes, and, and I'm very thankful for my helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Nate Ebner here on the Rich Eisen Show, entering its 10th season in the National Football League this summer, attempting to make his second U.S. Olympic team for the sport of rugby. And uh, let's talk about your book here, Nate, because nothing's more personal yeah. than writing a book, period, whether it's a novel or something that you have come up with that appears to be highly personal, A Father's Code and a Son's Path, forward by Urban Meyer. And the, the photograph uh, is of you on the uh, screen. The, there's three photographs uh, on the book. You as a rugby player, you as a football player, and I assume that is your father, on yep. whose shoulders you are, um, and so what? What? What's this book about? What? What do you want us to know about so we can all get this? Where all books are now currently yeah. sold, Nate. Well, ultimately, you know, it's got the it's got the Patriots and the Super Bowls and the you know walking on as a you know second third year guy in college at Ohio State as a true walk on didn't play you know, football in high school. Um, you know, that process, what that was like, getting drafted in the Patriots with no, you know, hardly any football experience. And then the transition through all of that to go back and play rugby in the Olympics. Um, and then, you know, obviously come back and win another Super Bowl with the Patriots. And it, and it goes through that. But ultimately, that is a vessel for the story, which the bigger story is the father-son relationship. You know, unfortunately, I lost my dad in a way no one should lose anyone in their life uh, when I was 19. Um, you know, the last conversation we had was about me walking onto the football team at Ohio State. He didn't get to witness any of that. And, um, you know, I talked about that relationship with me and my father, how close of a bond we had. Um, you know, I put it up against any father-son relationship out there. He was absolutely my foundation and best friend. And, you know, losing him and trying to get through that was not only the strength of my mother to help me, but just the words and that code that's in the title, that father's code of him, really even helped me win get over uh, losing him and um, really pushing on to, you know, make that promise that I told him I'd walk onto the football team and try to get to the NFL, you know, staying true to that promise and going through anything that got in my way um, through, the, you know, the things that he taught me. And it's really, you know, it's a book for people who like sports and definitely rugby. Um, but sports in general, obviously football, if you want to hear more about, you know, the Super and Patriots or whatnot. But it's really anyone who's, who's a parent or has uh, a great relationship with their parents. Um, you know, I think it, it, I think in a way we, we've really lost sight of how to be really good parents uh, nowadays. And I had the best example in the world. And I just try to shine light on that. And I think a lot of people could take a lot from, you know, how great my dad was was for me and how that allowed me to do amazing things. And I'm really just a normal guy who, who can grind a little bit because of him. So is rugby was your dad's sport? Is that what? Yeah. Yeah. He, he got me. I mean, I've been uh, next to a rugby field since I was six, you know, six years old. I was in a, in a, in a cradle thing you know, on the sidelines when I was really a baby. So I've always been around rugby. I played on the junior national teams and whatnot. It was 
always uh, something that's been a part of my life. But we did everything together. You know, I don't want to, you know, I talk about that in the book. Um, you know, my dad did such a good job of exposing me to so many different things. Just so happened I, I gravitated towards rugby. You know, he loved it for the violence. I loved it kind of for the beauty in a way. I had to share that violence being his son. <laughs> um, you know, I, I fell in love with it for my own reasons, and it was something we shared together. But we did everything together, so. You know, obviously, I get into that in the book. But. Well, I mean, the fact that you have now come up with a book to to um, communicate your love for your father um, is just another method to do it. Obviously, you playing the sport in the manner in which you do um, is a testament to that love. And I, I, you, you had me at hello, essentially, with this, Nate. Um, it's beautiful. There's no other way to put it. And and I'm I'm wondering, you know. Who have been the father figures in your life since your dad left? Was it um, the coaches? In you know, your, I do. I do like to also say the book. If I had to sum it up in one sentence, it's just, in my opinion, the greatest love story of all time because it is. And you know, I had my dad up until nineteen. Um, I was kind of past that building stage in those last couple of years. It was almost like we were best friends. So he really laid the foundation for me, and I just got to share, you know, his time. Uh, towards the end there as, as a friend, but um, I think we had such a strong bond, there was really no one that would kind of step in and take his place or, you know, really it would just complement the things that he's already said to me. And it kind of affirmed the fact that, yeah, my dad was right in this or, you know, whatever, hard work, Jim Trestle, Bill Belichick, you know, I mean, I, I knew I was a hard worker. And then when I get to New England and I see you know, what Bill's expectation for work was, I, I had to go up to another level. But I knew I was capable of it because of everything in my past that my dad has really prepared me for in a way. And uh, Bill was just someone who kind of um, brought light on those same things in, in my father's code, if you will, those, those character uh, traits that you know, Bill wanted to see young men and, and they kind of they complimented each other very much so i'd have to say yeah jim trussell and, and, and bill belichick were huge in that and obviously joe judge as well congrats on the book nate really it's Thank uh you, much, you know and, and the thing that really you know you didn't say it in this interview but the one thing that struck me i've seen you say before is that you want parents to read it because you want everyone to understand that time is so precious and they should spend time with their children because you never know what they're instilling in somebody and i think that's beautiful and i think everybody should hear mm -hmm. that Nate. Thank you. And I just and I just feel that, you know, love is shown through your actions and the time you spend with through your loved ones really shows right there how much you love them. And um, I think that's the greatest way to, you know, build up your build up your children and give them give them confidence and assurance. Well, Nate, let's uh, let's chat. You know, down the road. Um, obviously, you've got the Olympics in front of you, and then the the playing season after that. Let's. Uh, Let's stay in touch. I'd love to follow along and root for you and uh, and check things out as you uh, as you go into your tenth NFL season. Absolutely, I would love that. Thanks so much for having me anyway today, and uh, enjoy the rest of the day. You got it, Nate. Thanks for the call. That's Nate Ebner. Finish strong: a father's code and a son's path. Where all books are sold, that's available now. Where all books are sold. His father, in case you were wondering, at age nineteen. Um, as he was getting set to walk on at Ohio State, he was murdered in a robbery attempt in the family's auto business junkyard. Mm -hmm. So he gets a call that your dad's dead. Can't imagine. I just cannot imagine. And you got to spend time. You never know how precious it is.
let's take a break here on the Rich Eisen Show. We'll uh, take one last check at all the top stories of the day and revisit the weekend a little bit more and set up the rest of the week. That's next on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You told a story about the genesis of All Right, All Right, yes. All Right. Yes. Would you please tell that story? Here's where that comes from. So, okay. Days Confused. Yes. Genius film. I'm in the right bar the right time. Mm. And a guy goes, hey, you ever done any acting? You might be right, just right for this part. <laughs> Legendary cast director and producer Don Phillips. And I said, yeah, I was in a middle light commercial for about this long, but you know, maybe I'm, I'm in film school at the time. And he goes, well, come to this address. You might be just right. Pick up the script. I go down, I pick up the script. There's three scenes with three lines and one of the lines is Wooderson out front of the pool hall the girls walk by he checks her out going by and uh, his buddy said man you gotta cut that out you're gonna go to jail for that Wooderson and Wooderson steps forward and says no man that's what I love about those high school girls I get older but they stay the same age <laughs> legendary line I call it a launch pad line nice. like you're gonna say that unpack anyone any character who says that and believes it we can write a book on that guy right <laughs> so that was one of the lines so i go work on those three lines for three weeks um i come back and they do what's called a makeup and wardrobe test meaning they're shooting another scene one night i'm just going to show up director's going to step off the set and come and look and go great i approve well, he comes and looks. He goes, geez, this is Wooderson. It's great. He goes, listen, uh, you're not scheduled to work tonight, but we're over here at the Top Notch drive through and you think Wooderson might want to pick up on the redheaded intellectual, Jack? And I'm like, sure. And he goes, want to shoot it? I'm like, sure. So I go get in the car. I shoot my first scene ever in a film. Of your career. Of my career. And um, I had been listening to a lot of, 70s rock and roll at that time. And there was a certain live recording of a Jim Morrison concert in like Amsterdam or somewhere where he barks at the crowd, all right, all right, all right, all right, four times real aggressively though. I'm not thinking about that, but this comes back. So I'm in the car and I'm like, who's my man? I'm nervous. I'm about to hear after, who's my man? Who's Wooderson? I said, well, I'm about my car. And I go, well, I'm in my 
70 Chevelle. Yes. There's one. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm about getting high. I said, well, Slater's riding shotgun. You know he's got a Dubois rolled up. <laughs> There's two. I said, and I'm about rock and roll. I said, well, I got Nugent Stranglehold in the eight track, man. There's three, and I hear action. And I look up, and in my mind, I go, and I'm about chicks. I got three out of four. Let's go get the fourth. All right, all right, all right. Wow. <laughs> That was it. So first confused. words I ever said on screen. First words I ever said. And that was the three affirmations of those three things I had. There we go. One of my favorite guests, Matthew McConaughey. Check out all his appearances on our show, the multiple ones. We even had him in New York once. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Uh, by the way, the Indianapolis 500, it's race week, everybody. It's hey race now. week. If I'm not mistaken, uh, we have a guest this week. Uh, is Graham Rahal scheduled to appear on the show this week? I think I saw him on, a, on our guest list. Yeah, why wouldn't he? Very be? excited. Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Let's see who pours the milk, who gets the, the milk poured on him. The Indianapolis 500 on NBC. Graham Ray Hall Wednesday. Graham Ray Hall Wednesday. Yeah. Scheduled to appear. Scheduled to appear. You know, Nate, I, I didn't, you know, it was such a, a lovely conversation with Nate Ebner. He told us where he walked on at school. I don't know. He just said it was someplace called Ohio State. Is that the same as the Ohio State? I I, I don't know. Great question. I'll look into I'm that. I'm kind of confused. Because we'll it's know just at Ohio State. Oh, no, but yeah. he mentioned Trestle, so it is the okay. Ohio State. Oh, didn't Urban Meyer do a forward for his book? Yes, he did. Okay, then it has to be the well, it is the sweater vest. <laughs> Jim Tressel, Jim everybody. Tressel. When Susie was covering the Ohio State for ABC Sports, Tressel signed a hat. Oh, said, "Give this to your husband." <laughs> Not pleased. Not pleased. Pretty funny, though. But no, no, no. no. Not pleased. It's not great when somebody uses the love of your life as a uh, conduit for trolling. <laughs> yeah. But he said he liked me a lot, and here, here, here's a hat. He signed it. I think it's around here somewhere, isn't it? It was one of the many items of Susie saying, this would look good in your... When Susie says this would look good in your studio, that means get out of that. That means I don't want to look at it anymore. <laughs> I, I, I understand the code. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's just not right. How rude, Rich. How rude. Five, years, five ago. years ago. Stop it. Stop it. Five years ago. Our friend Terzo in Iowa, he's becoming a regular on this show. Let's take his phone call. He's been holding on for damn near two hours. What's on your mind again, sir? You're back home? Hey, hey what's up, guys? Of course, I'm sitting in the office doing a little work right now. Just uh, reeling from a very enjoyable weekend of sports. I couldn't turn anything off. Terzo, is the yeah, office yeah. code for Carl's? Yeah, is your is office you're Carl's place? Like, where's your well, office? I was actually going to pose this as a poll question. Okay. What does Terzo do? <laughs> Works at Carl's, does nothing, lives in a Winnebago down by the river. <laughs> by the way, All you're like, you got a little bit of the Del Tufo in you to, to come All up acceptable. with like a poll question about yourself. That's very Del Tufo-like. <laughs> Mike's not here, but uh, I think he would greatly respect that Absolutely. if he was here. Terzo. I figured you guys would get a kick out of that, so I wanted to throw that out there. But it was a great sports weekend. I agree with you. It really was terrific. It was, it was, it was fun. It was fun watching Phil do his thing. You know, the old guys at Carl's were arguing with the young guys at Carl's. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> what were they arguing about? Did oh, I go over? Whether 
Yeah, well, whether Kepco was uh, actually going to pull through on Sunday or if Phil was going to hold on. And there was a big argument back and forth between the young guys saying that Phil didn't have it. Oh, gosh, really? Look, yeah, man, it, was, I, it was fun. I'll, was fun. Ra- I'll raise my, I'll raise my you, hand Terza. on that, Appreciate too. it. What do you mean? Yeah, you kind of texted like you were surprised that Phil didn't that I Phil was, completed it. I was pretty surprised. Why? First, first hole, first hole, it looked like it was over. Phil with a bad bogey, Kepka with a ho hum easy birdie putt, flip flopped. Now Kepka's got a one shot lead. I'm thinking this is over. Yeah, but and I then mean, Brooks just, and then the and then the flat stick just let Brooks down the whole day, and Phil was. You know, steady as they come. You know why? You know why Phil's steady as they come? Because he's 50. Because he's chomping on CBD gum. Whatever he's doing <laughs> is working for him. Whatever he's doing is working for him. It, it, it was tremendous. And, and and it looked like, you know, what? when the ball, when he was new, he, his last few shots, I mean, he was Whoa. nuking it everywhere yeah. to the point where it's going through fairways. It went through the green on 17. Yep. And, you know, and, and the ball stuck in, in some sort of, like, gorse, Whatever that, the that hell it is, some, some sort gross. of thick yeah. stuff yeah. that you never want your ball stuck in. I was sitting there thinking, the odds of him putting it near the hole are absolutely greater than him sculling it into the water. Yeah, I was worried because he's a fifty-year-old guy, and when he was strong again, he's strolling up the crowd, thumbs up, this, that. You know, he looked like with the sunglasses, he looked like Biden getting into that Ford. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know that electric Ford, and just saying, "Watch how fast this goes!" Zoom right off. It's just like, okay. Yeah, I got this. I got this. He's thumbs up and fans are going crazy. He's just pointing at, you know, hey, I don't have a gut anymore. And you know what? You shouldn't question anymore is my gut. <laughs> but I, do, and I totally get that. But Phil has, we have seen Phil, I, I don't want to use the C word, but we have seen him blow it a lot of times. But he's not that Phil anymore. He's got, he's, he's got, He's got three and a half decades under his belt. He's been there and he's done and that. And the guy behind him is, you know, ice so water what? in his veins. So what? The Terminator, four majors. So what? He's the one. He's he's the one who's been closer to uh, Doctor Elitrosh's table than 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 me. I'm the fifty year old. I, 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 I I'm, 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 I'm got. The, I got this. I'm just saying. I got I, this. And and by the way, I want to get out of here because I want to eat something. I've been. Yeah, yeah. I've been. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting. Hopefully, he had a pizza. On you know what he's fasting on? He's fasting on bogeys too. That's what he's fasting on. Well, Bless him. He's crushing it. And it was great. And I loved seeing it. And I wasn't concerned about it at all. Wow. Well, I, I, I wasn't really for sure it. he had it locked up to like 16. I was still. No, I mean, it was nerve wracking. Yeah. It was definitely nerve wracking. But I, 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 I would have been more shocked if he had blown it. Okay. I mean, I'd have fair. been more shocked if he had blown it. That's fair. And look, and he's got the elusive U.S. Open coming up. And it's at Torrey Pines. How and he's from San Diego. It's going, going to be insane. Be lit. It's going to be insane lit. next month. And you know what he's got, too, going for him right now that he's never had before? When did he have this George Hamilton tan? Yeah, he Like, he's dark very, red now. He's very like he's, Well, he said he's playing 36-plus holes a day. Yeah, but where's the sunblock? You know what I mean? Like I'm sitting here thinking, like, when is when was when was Phil this shade? He's got it. He's wearing shades and he's he's got very, a shade. He's very tan. I mean, seriously, he 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 looks like he's living his best life right now. Yeah, man. Damn straight. He was tweeting on the plane ride home yeah, last night. Yeah, of course he is. He said he he even said he responded to somebody with like, "I got some wine. I'm on the plane. Damn I got straight. some time. Let me yeah. respond." It was great. Going home to the missus, who he's on the phone with. Love you. See you soon. And he's the same age, according to Mark Dalton, with the, with the tweet of the century from the Arizona Cardinals. 
Only 74 days older than Wilfred Brimley was when Cocoon was released. Those people are the same age. That's it. <laughs> but Phil's the one who's jumping into the pool right now with the alien eggs. That's the one who's jumping in the pool right now. And 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 seriously. And and uh and Brooks Kepka's the one who's walking around like Hume Cronin. Let's go, Phil's making me inspired. You gonna go play today? I played over the weekend. Shot an eighty-eight. Oh yeah. How many breakfast balls? Zero. No breakfast? I I, I smoked my drive right off the bat. Look at you. I well, you know, I, I took one on the back. All right, that's fair. I'm feeling it, man. Like I said, you know, this was an incredible this was an incredible weekend. I'll say it one more time for the radio audience. I did this on Peacock earlier. I'll do this one more time. This point last year, we're watch we we come on the air every Monday talking about the last dance because that's all we had in the pandemic. We were all locked down. And we're wondering, is the NBA going to play? Are they going to go in a bubble? What's going on? We heard the MLS might bubble. Heard UFC might do it, you know, bubble. Right? We're going to even have sports. When are we going to have sports again? When's life getting back to normal? This weekend, we saw fans, 15,000 fans in Madison Square Garden. You saw all those fans around Phil and Kepka and everybody. And instead of me sitting here thinking it's a super spreader event, I'm like thinking, I hope these people are vaccinated. I hope, I hope we're good. And what we've got going on in this country right now, we are moving in the right direction. We're moving in the right direction. Like I told you, six states in the United States, six of the 50 states right now, a rolling seven-day COVID average of one COVID death or fewer in six United States right now. And the reason why is science. That is the reason why. It is not disappearing like magic. You see what's going on in India. You see what's going on around the world. The United States is now sending vaccines around the world because it works. I understand people are out there thinking whatever they're thinking about the vaccine and they're nervous. I totally understand it. Please see what is going on right now. 15,000 fans were let inside Madison Square Garden this time last year. They were lining up in this city. There were morgues being set up next to hospitals made made from trailers, morgues. Smash cut to now. It is working. Thank God for science. It is not anything short of a scientific breakthrough and a miracle in that regard. That's all I'm saying. Please consider getting the vaccine because you're seeing right now, this weekend was incredible. Fans in arenas, indoors, fans at ballparks. We're already talking about what concerts may be going on and what vacations we can take. We're lucky in this country. It is not the way around the world. I want to thank today's guests, Matthew Stafford and Rick Spielman and Nate Ebner. We've got, uh, I believe, Kendrick Perkins is teed up for tomorrow's show. We're excited about that. Talking NBA playoffs and more. We're back here on Peacock to take you to Brother from Another. Thanks, everybody, for listening to us on the radio. We'll chat again on Tuesday.